Today's Copy and Hustle, we're going to be discussing the imposter syndrome. This is the experience of feeling like a phony. You feel as though at any moment you're going to be found out as a fraud, that you don't belong where you're at. And today we're going to talk with Michelle Nash, the Director of Organizational and People Development at PZI International, where she's going to share some insights with her experience in communications, development, and team effectiveness. So why do I feel fake? These kinds of feelings that we share, they affect over 70% of us. And at some point in our lives, when we feel these feelings of doubt, and uh, they can kind of create this condition, what we call imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. It is also known as the imposter phenomenon, fraud syndrome. And it can also be perceived as the imposter experience, right? So welcome to today's uh, Coffee and Hustle podcast today. And joining me on this amazing podcast is Michelle Nash, who is the Director of Organizational and People Development. And anybody that knows people should know Michelle, right? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for that, Carla. That's awesome. So give us a little bit um, the insight of people development and what does that mean to you? Well, people development is a real, real fundamental, I think, skill that all people should have, whether you think you are a leader overseeing a lot of people or peer-to-peer guidance. It helps other people find find what develops them yeah. in their own motivation. We can't motivate people, but we can help people find what motivates them. And I think what people are looking to do is to have meaningful purpose. And I think there's so much great talent and all these skills of people that come together and voila, you think there should be a team and people walk away feeling disconnected, dissatisfied, and really just shook. Like, what am, am I ever going to find what I should be doing with my life? And so people development, the importance of it is just what it says, helping people develop. I think that sometimes when you get so caught up in trying to get our college degree, going through those stages in life, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The stages of getting married, stages of getting the career, getting that we tend to forget who we are as humans, right? As human beings. And I think with people development, we kind of can go back full circle, figuring out what is that that we really like doing and be able to figure out who we are again. Because I think we kind of get lost in that shuffle. Mm-hmm. And you help those people do that. Right. I think what we do really well with organizations is let people focus on the person and not always the problems. And I think that's where the real game changer comes. A lot of organizations want to focus on the problems, but when you lose sight of the person and the growth the person has, you're never going to ever get rid of the problems. Yeah. And I think that you coming onto the team with PZI International, you've developed this incredible department. Um, So how do you build that community relationship? How did, have you taken that and built that into that partnership that you're, you're doing now? How did, how did you actually do that? A lot of work, you know, a leader knows they can go very quickly and, and in a a good direction of where they want to go, but they know they can't go far without a team. And I think that leaders know that it takes a team to deliver. And I think what you want to find out from people are a couple of things. What do you want to learn? Where do you want to go? And what are you tired of? 
And when you can really focus on conversations with people and organizations, it's amazing where all of a sudden just those three simple questions can be a game changer for people in their contributions of what you're doing. So in this particular division that I've been very, I want to say, fortunate to have the opportunity to have really expanded and grown in, took a lot of building relationships. I think that's so important. And, and I think that's in every business. Um, I don't think every person that comes up, wakes up in the morning, says, I need to be a, a business owner mm-hmm. without the skill base of really understanding people development because people, I think cultural now or people, cult, you know, the culture within the companies, they have to be redeveloped now due to COVID. And I mm-hmm. think the people changing jobs, um, how, do, you know, how do we create that feeling of a company but without it being a company Mm -hmm. right in some ways or another Um, and so you've done a really good job at that you travel a lot you go out and meet people you are a network I don't even know what the word for you but you are a networker you definitely know how to bring people together and I think you are definitely uh, very good at what you do well I appreciate that you know I have come to believe that a conversation always leads to an outcome and I think how important small talk is and I think what we've now seen especially with COVID is we've missed those moments in time of touch points with people and so people now want to share a story they want to share what they're doing they're asking questions. How do I do something? And I think that's what's been really great is I think people have had over the last couple of years a way that they could reinvent themselves. What do I now want to do? What do I no longer want to do? And I think this is what's really, really changing organizations. And that's why I think people are are struggling to yeah. really believe, you know, am I where I'm supposed to be? I mean, I think that the culture today is like it's quality over quantity, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I think that in our, you know, our nature is that we, we, we dedicate ourselves to a company for years, even though sometimes we may not have liked it, but we did it because that's what we thought was the right thing to do. Now we have a, a change in our, you know, in people experiences where they are job hopping, mm-hmm. I, would, I would say, trying to figure out what it is that they're really good at. Um, do you, have you seen a lot more of that now since COVID and more than ever? Well, what I have been able to see is a lot of people are having full transformations and transitions of what they thought they wanted to do to now what they really enjoy doing and realizing that they can have what they really want to enjoy doing. And this imposter syndrome and phenomenon really has been a big wake-up call for a lot of industry because to what you described you go to college you get a degree you've got all the credentials in the world and then you walk in and you're like is it just luck that brought me here like why am I here and am I able and capable to lead a team or to a project or task worth a lot of money and there's a lot of people and an investment and an ROI that's required of me am I able to deliver and this is where it really starts to affect big organizations. So when you talk about imposter syndrome, in some ways or another, I think we can all relate to some part of it, right? Because I think, oh, do I suffer from it? Does the person that works for me suffer from it? You know what I mean? I think that mm-hmm. it's all about that self-confidence level mm-hmm. of knowing that either, yes, I can do something, mm-hmm. and you don't feel like a phony, mm-hmm. right? So the definition of a uh, imposter syndrome, what is that? So there's a couple of places. So, you know, imposter syndrome way back in the day was really fine-tuned to minority groups of feeling not worthy, not valuable, 
um, not fit. Women could have, women were a big part of this, right? Yeah. You think about that, women especially. You know, when you want to look at you know backgrounds and ethnicities and races, just take women as a gender. That's a big imposter syndrome. Really, are you capable to do this? So, the imposter syndrome really sets in. Well, I'm going to ask you this. Have you ever had your own abilities or confidence shook? Oh, all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, not not as much now mm-hmm. as I was when I first started my business. Mm-hmm. Um, I second-guessed myself a lot yeah. only because during that time, it was a very male-dominated business. Uh, absolutely. Even when I got my college degree, it was very male-dominated. You know what I mean? It wasn't – It wasn't. I, could, I didn't have a classroom full of women that I could rely on. I think there might have been one in my class mm-hmm. around, along with some of the males that were in the in – the, but I, I didn't really identify that I was a male versus – you know what I mean? Fe- female, male – you know, ratio. What I was trying to do is say, this is what I wanted to do, and I was determined to do it. However, um, through the years when I developed my business, and I was a stay-at-home mom, which is unheard of back 20-something years, right? Right. Um, Remote work was, you know, something that you didn't normally do. Home offices was not normal. And there were people who said, go out and get a real job. They didn't believe in my business. They didn't believe that I was capable. And those people that when they do that, they make you feel Mm self-doubt. You're like, am I capable of doing this? And am I able to run a business? You know, but if you have that 1% in your corner that truly believes in you. Yeah and you really listen to that 1%, and it's small, very minor compared to the noise that you hear around you, everything else doesn't bother you, and you're determined even more. Because when those people tell you, you can't do this. Watch out. You better watch <laughs> out. Cause let me show you. Let me let me make sure you know right. that I am capable. And I back then, I did just enough to take care of my family, to take mm-hmm. care of my children. Um, and I and back then, I think it was a long time ago. I didn't even have a website. I didn't really tell people what I was capable of doing, and that was fine. But I you had okay. the vision. You had uh, a vision, right? You had yeah, the vision. Yeah, I had a vision, but I also had a, a father at the time mm-hmm. that really believed in you were I was capable. Right. And so when I had those two combinations of like, because when you start a business, listen, yeah, you you, you don't even know where it's going to take you. And then all of a sudden, it's like you you start recognizing these doors, right? And it could yeah. be a window. It could be a crack. <laughs> yeah. You know, you're like, well, look for those little cracks. Well, it's forcing you to stretch yourself and to grow and to learn about yourself and learn things that you may have never even learned about yourself. You know, one of the things I love doing when I have coaching conversations with leaders is I'll say, what did you learn about yourself today? Isn't that a great question? What did you learn about yourself today yeah. that you didn't know about yesterday, that, that you actually learned? I think when I, we look at the imposter syndrome, there's three areas, and it doesn't, it's not pigeonholing these areas, but there are three areas that it comes from. First of all, your competence, your commitment, and your motivation. You know, Carla, I know you and I were talking about resumes, how inflated they can be. And you think, oh my gosh, I just hit the lottery. This is the right person. They've got everything right. And then they walk into that, that room, and they are ready to do the work, and now they really can't do it, right? Yes. They can't do the work. Yes. Imposter syndrome is a little different in the sense of you're going to get someone that is capable to do the work, meaning that resume says all the things. 
but they walk in and they can't do it. Right. They don't feel that they can do it. Yeah. It's a real thing. It's a mindset. Yeah. And, you know, right now we're talking all about fixed mindsets and growth mindsets. You know, walking out going, I can't do this. I can't do this. I can't lead a team of five people. This organization, what's going to happen? But they don't have the courage to say, hey, listen, I need a little, I need a little help here. Or I've taken this on and I don't know what I don't know. Do you know? Like, I don't know. Yeah. And I, I call it faking the funk, right? You're faking the funk. And I, I have learned there's no bigger lesson than when you walk into a meeting filled with capable, smart people. I mean, in this town in Huntsville, I mean, the largest per capita of rocket scientists in the country, and they're right here, and you walk into a meeting, and they're probably looking at me with big earrings and my blonde gray hair going, what the heck does this lady have to say? I have learned that if I walk in already feeling like I don't deserve to be in that room, then I probably don't deserve to be in that room. You start feeling I start out. feeling left out. Yeah. But what I've realized is when I walk in that room and I, I immediately say, I have every credential to be in this room. Yeah. I may it. not know. I've yeah. earned it. I I've may not it. know what's going on, but you know what? This is where the real courage comes in. Raise the hand and say, excuse me, could you please just, please just elaborate on that word you just said? Yeah. I'm a little confused on where we're going with this. How many other people are going to turn their chairs to you and be nodding their head? Because what we're finding is these individuals that are capable, smart, credentialed, walk in and just don't feel like they can do the job. I've been told that, you know, when you, well, you know, when you're in this, in this business that I'm in, right? I mean, the word marketing is so, we're kind of thrown into this one big pigeonhole of like, this is where it's, it's all mixed in together where you have to kind of fight your way out to figure out exactly what it is that you're really good at, right? And uh, I've, I've kind of, over the last several years, trying to figure out, because people ask me, what do I do? What do mm-hmm. I do? And I'm like, I make people money. Yes. But, but the thing that I'm really good at is just being honest, being direct, being strategic. Don't waste your money on certain things and these tactics. Mm-hmm. So then I start realizing there's words for this, you know, mm-hmm. that you have to figure out. But I've had people go, you know, um, people have it, you know, I had one person tell me they left because they felt like I didn't have it together. And mm-hmm. they would they said things to me that they would normally never say, but then when they had the opportunity to go somewhere else, they started saying things that it was almost so demeaning. And then after you get off the phone, you're like, wow, do, am I this person? Second-guessing and yourself. I second-guessed mm-hmm. myself, and then I didn't have the confidence and I had to rebuild that. And it, it really is yourself. It really, truly is. But yes, do do you feel phony sometimes? Do I get resumes like that? Yes, I've gotten resumes that look amazing on paper. Mm-hmm. And then you, you meet with them, you're like, wow, this person's great for the team. And then you realize that in action, they were they were all over the place, yeah. did not know what they right. were doing. And instead of just saying, I don't know what I'm doing, right. they faked it till they made it. And that's the those are the people that, that is the fake the funkers. That's just <laughs> what I'm going to say. Those funkers. Those funkers. <laughs> because the truth is, the people that walk in that say, here's my resume, yeah. this is all that I've got, this is what I can do, this is how I can contribute. And you're like, great. And then what happens, what happens, Carla, is you're sitting with people going, wait a second, you've got all the right stuff here. How do you call them out, though? Well, they'll call themselves out, in a way. In a way. Because you're going to find, they're, you're going to give them goals or tasks. And there's, there, 
they're not even going to even want to ask the questions, right? They're they're just going to feel like I'm not the right person. Yeah. It's just by luck I'm here. Meanwhile, you're like, no, you've earned it to be here. You you might have even seen how they've performed. They just don't have the confidence in their results. Sometimes um, I've had people tell me that I'm very robotic. Mm-hmm. Like I'm really? not. Yeah, I'm like you know I have a, you know the emails that I'll send out go okay. yes no even text messages I'll say yes no please, right. you know, thank you, whatever. But it's like very just one word, two right. words, that's it. But then also in my emails, people make comments, Carly, you don't seem so personal. and you Like know. what you are in real life? I'm like, I'm, like, I'm so <laughs> direct. Well, I'm yes. like, I'm answering email. You ask me a question. Right. This is my answer, done. And then I'm moving on. But when we go back to the imposter aspect, people like that make up more work to cover up yes. their, what they were supposed to be doing. It's called over-responsive. That's the word for it? Yeah, it's over-responsive. Over so, what does that mean? Well, that means, like, if I just don't know what you're asking You're just going to make it up? I'm going to be very wordy. I'm going to be overly responsive. And they use words that are over my head, and I'm like, wow, are you trying to be fancy? Yeah. Because yeah. I know what you're trying to do. Right. Like, you see through that. Yes. It's overcompensating, right? That's, that's what starts to happen. It's overcompensating, and it becomes over-responsive, and it's trying to ca- – I call these people camouflaged posts, right? You've got the warm body. You've got them there. They're supposed to be doing all of the things that they know they're supposed to be doing, but you're like, where are they? They're not doing a good job or a bad job. They're just not doing any job. Yeah, they're just there. They're just there. They're just, it's they're a just camouflage a body. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're one body, but they're quick to yes. point out your mistakes. Yes. They're quick at pointing out the company mistakes. Right. Or they're that negative, I wouldn't say negative Nancy, to cover up what they were they're originally so yeah. supposed to be responsible for. Yeah. So, you know, when you asked earlier about people development, I'll tell you what's a great way when you know someone has all the goods and you just know that they are shook in their confidence, in their commitment, and even their motivation. You know, when you ask people, especially when you're interviewing and new hires, and this is how you retain people, like what's important to you in this? What motivated you to come here? When you ask someone, oh, it's not just because, Carla, you serve good food on lunch breaks, we heard, but like, I knew that I'd be able to do this for myself. You get the opportunity to remind people of their past wins and successes. That's people development. When people get stuck in a rut, it goes something like this. So you know, Carla, you're sharing about how you had the vision to open up this company and you had the vision to do all this and you have one employee that basically calls you out, that basically just stamps all over your good name and your credibility and and you're hurt by that. So talk to me about when did you feel like you really invested in an employee? Let's talk about that. What you want to do is you want to take people back to remind them of their past wins and successes. And then all of a sudden, people are reminded of what's important to me, why am I here, what am I going to contribute? And they get out of that. What happens with people that go into imposter syndrome, they're in that fixed mindset of, I can't do this. And then this is where you say, yet. You can't do it yet. Yeah, but then they take credit, which is funny, is that when they finally figured out that they've been caught, right? Because yep. that imposter syndrome is that they don't want to get caught. They don't want to like, – no, I'm not talking about the fake it till they make it. I'm no. talking about those people that that make you feel like they're going to get it done. They yes. kind of have the – 
pigeon, you know, the pigeon hold on yeah. your company because they're always got an excuse on why they can't get something done or why things are late or there's always an excuse on when they're not right. able to be productive. Or you have those that really are there to, to gather as much information from your company so that they can use it for their own benefit mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. getting another job. motivating agendas, right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So they were never the team player. Nope. Right. So I read this about the New York Post. It says imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern. Mm-hmm. And so that makes that situation completely change, right? Because uh, does people really know that they're imposter syndrome? Do no. they realize no. the impact? that they are doing with the company when they go in, they interview for the job, you get they get the job mm-hmm. and then they just really don't do the job. That's right? right. But do they realize what they're doing, not only to themselves, but everyone around them? No. They really don't. It's almost like a form of hypocrisy, right? Everyone else can see it, but they can't. It's like being a hypocrite. Everyone else can see it, but you can't see it. That's why you're called a hypocrite, right? Right. It's that contradictory. And that is that is definitely, and I love what the New York Post said about that because it's very true. Yeah. I think in some ways or another, like it talks about how people sometimes, the symptoms are depression, mm-hmm. uh, anxiety, yeah. um, low self-confidence. Yep. And I'm thinking uh, some of us could relate to that. And so in some ways or another, I think in that was that 70% of us can say at some point in time, we did fake it till we make it, right? Well, think about it. It could go as easily as let's say you have a leader that turns to you and says, hey, did you get on that email that I asked you to send? And you go, yes. Just in that moment, you're like, okay, I didn't, but I'm going to go back and do it now. You've lied. There's credibility. You now know. There's covert hostility. You now know you've just lied to the president, and you're going to go and do an email quick, and now you just you just lied. Right. Right? Right. And this is where all of a sudden we're an imposter, this depression, these, uh, these characteristics of behaviors, patterns of behavior affect teams. Well, that goes back to the fact that I wrote down, is it associated with mental disorders? I think that this is me speaking, and I have worked with people that have had this. And what's interesting is the imposter syndrome comes in and they almost, because of what you're saying, deflect on who they can, who they are, what they're bringing to the table. It's almost like they're out to almost get you. They want to kind of pin you in a way. Oh, gosh, yeah. Right? They yeah. want to pin you. They so want to that, figure out a way to yes, blame it on you that's for the right. mistakes. And so which that's is, right. instead of being realistic for yourself, right? That's right. I mean, I think in some ways or another, let's be honest, running a business is very hard, right? Um, finding the right people on your team is really hard. Finding those people that see the same thing because no one works as hard as the business owner. I'm just that's, being honest you're with right. you, right? We have a vision. We have a thing that we really are working on. We don't know what it is. Sometimes we don't even know, right? Sometimes we wake up in the morning. And we're like, "Hey, let's, see. you know, let's, let's ding, ding, ding. What's the what's the the bell ringing today? Ding, ding, ding. Yes. Uh, what's the idea of the day? Yes, right? right. And then we run with it and realize, oh, well, this is not working. And then your team's like, ha ha ha. We told you so, right? Right. Um, because they want to point a finger. That's right. But then you've got those people that are literally there just so that they can say what they want to say to you, which mm-hmm. is pointing their finger at you mm-hmm. and saying you never had it mm-hmm. in the first place. Right. So, no, you bring up a great point. A lot of imposter syndrome, what some of those behaviors will look like is, let's say you're the leader and you've given a great opportunity and you've created a great environment and great culture, and 
sometimes they feel they can say anything and everything to you. Yes. And I've learned. That opens the door. That's right. And what I've learned, when you have great, great thriving employees, not an imposter syndrome, Mm -hmm. they're not always asking, what are you doing for me? They're like, where can I contribute? They want to contribute. Yeah. It's not the me, me, me. No, it's not the me, me, me. So I think that in some ways or another, how do you call people out with imposter syndrome? How do, how do you actually recognize it? You have to ask them? questions. So a great question would be when someone comes to you and they just want to do the finger pointing, you just say, so let me ask you something. What would you have done differently? Oh, that's a good question. Because guess what? Puts them on the spot. And you know what? When do they you, don't have an answer to say it, you're like, okay, well, why don't you come back to me when you have that answer? What? Yeah. See, I think that's a great way of looking at it. Some of us, we don't know how to respond to those kinds mm-hmm. of people, you know, yeah. and how do you handle it? Because it creates anxiety for yourself because yes, you're does. like, how do I go to this person and say, you know, hey, you're a fraud. Get yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not here for lied. the right reason. You're not here for the right reason. And, you know, I want to go back, Carla, to what you're saying. You are a business owner, so you can speak in the seat. Think about it. This is your baby. So as, as a mom or parents, think about when you hire babysitters. People will go, I only want to pay 3 to $5 for someone to come watch the treasures of your heart, right? You're, you only want to pay 3 to $5 an hour for somebody to babysit the, the most precious things of your life. As a business owner, this is another form of your baby. You need to be very careful and aware of who you're bringing in to basically care for this baby. Yeah. And I think a lot of times people are looking, right, for a lot of factors that the imposters know they're looking for. A successful business doesn't happen overnight. It takes a lot of hard work, dedication, and persistence, which is what Coffee Hustle is all about. So there's no quick fixes here. It's just candid conversations featuring other successful business owners, sharing tips and tricks on their success. 